This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. It is Thursday, August 19th. I know it's Thursday. I think it's the 19th. Might be the 20th. I think it's the 19th. Anyways, this is your daily financial news. Uh, This is a news show that you could count on seven days a week. Normally, we do these at 7 a.m. on Thursdays, but Mr. Jonathan Twomley is a little bit under the weather, and he asked for, uh, for us to skip this week. Don't worry. I found an exciting interview at 8 o'clock that I will be doing and posting later today, so um, looking forward to that. Uh, yesterday was a fun day. Uh, lots of great stuff was going on, but one of the things I truly enjoyed is I interviewed a student. Uh, I believe he was in Texas, uh, he and his wife. Uh, had been looking at real estate for quite a while. Actually bought the course, did the work, got a couple of deals, and he just texted me yesterday that he got another solid deal. But what I was interested in is during that conversation with the student, uh, he talked about he does his best to watch several of my videos every day. And uh, first off, that is awesome. Uh, I create, or at least shoot to create, five original pieces of content every day this being the first one, right? This is the one that really I think most people should watch and and kind of just set their day. We've been doing it for more than two years in a row now. And then what I do is I interview multimillionaires, right? We discuss three topics. And what I try to do is put in the topic uh, what we talk about during that 10 to 12 minutes. My intention with that is I don't think everybody can watch every video, right? I I love the fact that many of you tried and I was, I felt so nice that, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten of you now have gone, hey, I try to watch them all. That is awesome. But realize I do try to focus them. So maybe, maybe you watch two or three a day. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty cool to see. I, I was, I was really shocked at how many people indicated they try to watch all of my content every day. So thank you very much. That was really, really cool. Uh, where am I going to start today? <laughs> I guess I'm going to start with a statistic around federal income tax. Uh, I remember just like it was yesterday where um, you know, folks were all up in arms about Jeff Bezos and others who were paying zero federal income tax. Now, obviously, folks, they don't have like um, Elon Musk, for example. He earns zero dollars in income from Tesla. But he gets lots of options, right? Which if he sells, then you know he pays taxes on. But if he doesn't sell and he gets a loan, he doesn't pay taxes. Well, the reason I bring this up is if we were all up in arms about that, 39% of you should be really pissed off. 39% of you. Because 61%, yes, folks, more than 100 million American households pay zero in federal taxes. Hmm. I am one of those that pay 
significant taxes. Um, yeah, the top 20% of income earners pay 78% of taxes. So where is the, where, where is the, you know, is this fair? Is this this? Is this that? 61% pay zero federal income tax. What do we think about that? Hmm. I just think that was pretty interesting. So yeah, the top 20% already pay 78%. And folks, here's a hint. If you are in the 39% like me, get ready because our taxes are going up. They got to pay for it somehow. Taxes are going up. So what else do I got for you today? It is Thursday. It means we need to talk about the unemployment thing. And thankfully, we just printed a pandemic low. Uh, unemployment claims is 348,000 new claims on the expectation of 365. Uh, we really do got to get this under 300 to kind of feel like we've put it all behind us. But damn, we are in a much better position than when we were printing a million a week. That was not good. Uh, the July Fed minutes, uh, I think clearly Jerome Powell is watching this channel. I only, I jest. But as I've been telling you for six months, and yes, we have daily financial news. You can go back and watch them. We have been talking about the Fed will start tapering this year. Uh, they will t taper much sooner than they were telling us. Nailed that. And now people are talking about the Fed raising rates at least one time next year. Folks, nailed it. Lots of you like to call me on the fact when I get stuff wrong. But hey, let's celebrate your boy getting one right, at least two right. So I feel pretty good about that. So we shall see where this goes. Uh, again, taper talk is definitely um, increasing and likely to start this year. Uh, next up, we have the market kind of freaking out about where the economy will go, right? People are, people are trying to play chess. They're trying to play five moves ahead. What they're seeing is the Fed is going to raise rates. That is going to raise the cost of debt. That is going to make it more expensive to invest. And yes, that means oil and copper come down. So you were already seeing some of that. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs came out and basically, uh, I don't know, they slapped the powers that be. Goldman Sachs had a GDP growth for 2021 at 9%. That's robust. That is, uh, that is healthy. What Goldman is now saying is we were wrong. We are ratcheting it back all the way to 5.5%. Higher inflation is going to be a problem. It is going to slow things down. Yeah. So again, Goldman Sachs is less, less optimistic about what they see in front of us. 9% was always too high. Uh, now 5.5%. We got some earnings to talk about. We have Robinhood reporting for the first time. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you know I am not a fan. I don't like selling order flow. I don't like gamification. I think investing is requires work it should be it should not incent gambling uh, it should not incent that addictive nature that video games have and robin hood is preying on all of those and they're selling order flow uh, so robin hood beat on top line which means revenue they missed and missed by a mile on bottom line uh, now some of that is an accounting change for some warrants and whatnot they put out there regardless they missed on bottom what i think is robin hood's achilles heel right now 
And again, realize I say this as someone who has zero interest in owning their stock. I would never own a stock in a company that I think is preying on individuals. Um, nature or wants to be rich and get rich quick. That's what I think Robinhood is doing. Uh, but Robinhood made 51% of its revenue from crypto. This is Robinhood that was the king of meme trading in stocks. This was the Reddit-fueled rise. And now all of a sudden, 51% of a, a revenue from crypto, most of that from Dogecoin. Yes, that coin that has zero use cases, prints, what, 5 billion more coins every year, has unlimited supply, has a guy named Billy running it. Yeah, well, that's where Robinhood is making most of their money. They are making most of their money in crypto and from a coin with no use case. That's an Achilles heel. And the fact that Robinhood is making more in crypto than stocks, that should tell you something. Moving on, we got some reports from Krispy Kreme. Anybody get a Krispy Kreme donut in a while? Man, I used to love their glazed donuts, but not part of my diet anymore. But uh, they uh, beat revenue, missed on earnings. Yes, folks, Krispy Kreme is going to have to raise prices. They tried to uh, control it, but now margins are being beaten up and they're not earning what they expect. So you can expect your Krispy Kreme donuts to rise in prices this quarter. Inflation is real. Companies have to raise prices. Macy's beat top and bottom. Looks like retail, more specifically, mall retailers are back. They are getting excited. Not only did Macy's beat top and bottom, they raised guidance. They're going to run over any Delta fears, which I think is going to happen across the board. They reinstated dividend. That is how confident they are in the second half. They are now paying their dividend again. And they are so confident they, they have put out $500 million for stock buyback. Yes, folks, they, they see some good news coming. And they see $5 million in new customers last quarter. So pretty, pretty cool. Kohl's also raised guidance. Folks, mall-based, you know, big box stores are raising guidance. People are coming back. This probably does not bode well for Amazon and others. They raised guidance. Back-to-school shopping is strong. Uh, one of the things I did read about Amazon today on the retail front is they are going to continue to experiment with physical locations. It looks like Amazon is going to open a couple of department stores across the country. Yes, you could think of Amazon as, I don't know, would it be like a Kohl's or a Macy's or probably more like a kind of like a Home Depot, Kohl's, Bed Bath & Beyond thing, right? They're not really in clothes all that much. But yes, Amazon is going to be opening some department stores, uh, which should be very interesting to see. One of the things I'm thinking about, because I'm thinking about that 50-year spreadsheet that I put together and really highlighted the late 70s, I need to do some research into the Jimmy Carter presidency. I know he is often referred to as the, um, I don't know, I think I've read that many people refer to him as the worst president in the last 50 years or so. I think he was dealt a rotten hand with high inflation, a Fed chief that was raising rates. But I'm going to go back and look at what happened during his administration because I think we might be repeating things from the late 70s. And I'm going to go try to figure out what investments made sense, where to park the money, 
all of those things. So I think I'm going to go. I think anybody got a good book on Jimmy Carter you would recommend? I might go buy a Amazon book or two. Uh, and then lastly, for those that thought Wells Fargo was the signal that the housing crash has started. Remember where Wells Fargo was canceling credit lines and I let you know the actual accounting behind that? Well, Wells Fargo has relented and they basically said, hey, if you have a credit line with us and you're using it, means they're making interest. They will keep the line open. But if you had a credit line and had a zero balance for a year, they are going to close it. Remember, there were some YouTube channels that said this was the signal. This is the crash. This is coming. Folks, Wells Fargo is in a penalty box. They have a limit on their balance sheet. And when they give you a credit line, they have to recognize it as on their balance sheet for the full amount. But if you don't use it, they make zero dollars. It's just an accounting thing. I don't, I don't understand why people can create complete garbage fear videos when they don't understand accounting. Anyways, today's going to be a great day. Make today a great day. If you didn't watch the interview, uh, I, I believe with Jeff and his wife, Heather, I Jeff, just with Jeff, but we congratulate Heather as well. I think I got that name right. I think so. Anyways, have a wonderful day. Um, what's the weather like? That's going to be nice. All right, everybody, take care of yourself. Have fun. Bye.